Well, thank you guys, and thank all of you for taking part in our worship this morning. You know, I forgot to do something during our prayer time. I looked over and saw the guitar over here, and Jared's not here, and uh, he's at home. He has his hands full this morning, literally, with a new baby daughter, and I want you to look at this picture. Isn't that kindly neat? And old uh, Cohen is kindly taking that baby sister over. And uh, I wish you could, uh, I looked at a uh, video of Cohen, and he was singing to her, and he was just uh, hugging on her, and he is so thankful for that baby sister. And so congratulations, be on your announcement sheet to, uh, to Jared and Haley Pierce and, of course, big brother Cohen as they welcome their daughter. Her name is Katen. And so uh, she came into the world on, July, on January the 5th, and she weighed 5 pounds and 15 ounces and 18 and a half inches long. And so they're excited, and I'm excited for them. And so I know uh, Kayton will be making her appearance at church one day soon. So continue to pray for them. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to 2 Kings. 2 Kings. Chapter 7, and we want to look at verses 3 through 11. I was, I prayed this week, thought so much this week on what to share with you, and we had so much going on, so much going on in, in America and uh, in our country, things that are happening that wasn't pleasant, things that took place you never would have dreamed that it would have taken place. And so I just continued to pray and continued to pray and tried to stay focused on what God would have me to share. And so this morning I want to share with you a sermon, Why Are We Sitting Here Until We Die? Why are we sitting here until we die? 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3 and following. Now there were four lepers, four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said one to another, here's the title, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we'll enter the city and the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. If we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive... We shall live. If they kill us, we shall only die. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses and the noise of a great army. And so they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and they fled at twilight and they left the camp intact. Their tents, their horses, their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent, and they ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing, and they went and hid them 
And they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also, and they went and hid it. Then they said one to another, You know, we're not doing right. This day is a day of good news, and we remain silent. If we wait until morning, if we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now therefore, come and let us go and tell the king's household. And so they went and they called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, We went to the Syrian camp, and surprisingly no one was there, not a human sound, only horses and donkeys tied, and the tents were intact. And the gatekeepers called out, and they towed it to the king's household inside. If you would, let me reminisce just for a moment. The second Sunday in January is always a very special date for Judy and I and really our entire family. It's the date that we celebrate our anniversary and being the pastor of Mountain View Baptist Church. The exact date was January the 8th, 1978. Second Sunday in January. Five days later, our daughter would celebrate her first birthday. So today we celebrate our 43rd anniversary as a pastor and she celebrates her 44th birthday on Tuesday, January the 13th. By the way, she was born on Friday the 13th, if that means anything. But this day is kind of special this year because we're celebrating not only our anniversary here at the church, but also our 50th wedding anniversary. We were married New Year's Day, January the 1st, 1971. When we came here, we were married seven years, and we're celebrating that 50th today. I have people to ask me from time to time, especially pastors, how have you stayed so long at the church? Now, Judy perhaps has another question asked her how she stayed with me for 50 years, probably. But I feel that this is where God wants me. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of strange at times. And then I feel that um, I still have this burning passion for a vision for our church. And I feel the church continues to show evidence of following my leadership. And then I feel that I and our whole church family have a desire to handle conflict when it seems to pop up from time to time to try to handle it in a positive way. And so, however, when I can't answer any one of those statements with a positive answer, then my ministry assignment here at Mountain View will have been completed. So therefore, I evaluate my ministry. I evaluate it monthly and weekly, and I evaluate it on a daily basis. And so with all that said, I just want to thank you for allowing me to continue to stay where I feel God has placed me. I can remember the arrangement 43 years ago. And uh, I remember Frank Messer saying this, the only things required is you give us a 30-day notice when you plan to leave and we'll give you a 30-day notice when we're going to ask you to leave. And so that was a pretty good arrangement. But then he said this, we got to have $250 a week to meet our budget, and we'll pay you if we get it. 
I said, well, that's fair enough. So after 43 years, I still feel very positive as we began 2021 together. 2020 is over. And I want us to understand that God has plans for us in 2021. And I believe that plan primarily is to move forward. Move forward. Key word, move. However, we have to make a decision individually and as a church family. Are we ready to move forward in Bible study, Bible fellowship? Are we ready to move forward in evangelism, in missions? Are we ready to move forward in worship? Now, if that's God's will for us to move forward, we can't do it sitting still and locked up. We can't do that. So this morning my sermon is, why are we sitting here until we die? 2 Kings chapter 7. Why are we sitting here until we die? Now, kind of as an introduction, let me share with you what chapter 7, 2 Kings is all about. The text records the story of the Syrians and the Samaritans. The Syrians had dominated the Samaritans, and there seemed as if to the Samaritans that there was no hope whatsoever. They were surrounded by this massive army. The point is, with this being one of the worst-case scenarios that you'll find in the Word of God, if God can do something in that situation, God can do something in your situation whatever you're going through, and he can do something in the situation that we find ourselves in right now in this pandemic, a worldwide pandemic. Now, I want you to listen how bad it was. Women were actually boiling their children for food. Now, if you'll read chapter 6, you'll find where two women became in agreement or came into an agreement to boil their children and eat their children because there was no food. And one woman agreed to boil hers. One woman said, you boil yours, I'll boil mine. She boiled her child, and they ate her child. But then the other woman refused to boil her child. And this lady who had boiled her child in chapter 6 went to the king to complain that the other lady wouldn't keep her agreement. So citizens were eating anything that they could find. The Bible says in, in, in 2 Kings 6, they were even eating dove, dove waste. It seemed as though that all hope was gone. We're not in that shape. All hope seemed to be gone. Did you know that you can live 40 days without food? Did you know that you can live four days without water? And you can live four minutes without oxygen? But I believe with all of my heart, very few people can live four seconds without hope. And they had no hope. These people needed hope. They were in a very desperate time. And so the people of Samaria, they needed hope. And they needed hope now. Now, without delay, 
So the city had been besieged by, besieged by, the, 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 by the Syrian army, and the general Ben-Hadad, the most cruel general of that day, had this city surrounded, and he had it surrounded for months, and all the food supplies had been cut off. And people inside the city, they were starving, and they were living in fear. And outside the city, there was plenty, but inside the city, there was poverty. And with all of this as a backdrop, you have these four lepers sitting at the city gate. Now notice, they're sitting at the gate. I'd just be like you going out and sitting by the front door, front entrance. They really wasn't inside the city, and they wasn't really outside the city. They were just at the city gate. And they were trying to make, they weren't making the, they weren't making the situation any more worse, but neither were they making it any better. They were just sitting there. And finally, one of them said, you know, in essence, this is crazy. I mean, if we sat here, we're going to die. Now think. That's a church. If we go into the city, we're going to die. If we go into the camp of the Syrians, we're going to die. They'll probably kill us. So what do we have to lose? And so they just quickly made their way to the Syrian camp. And all of a sudden, when they went through the night without any type of light, got to the camp, they found that the camp was deserted. Donkeys tied, horses tied, no noise, no one there, because God caused the Syrians to hear what sounded to be like a huge army approaching, and so the Syrians all fled. And they left everything behind, and the lepers opened a tent, and there they found dinner, still on the table. They ran in, they ate until they couldn't eat anymore. And finally they came to their senses. And they said, we have to go and tell the king of Samaria and our people. And so these four lepers returned and they shared the news with the people of Samaria. And Samaria was saved. So here's the point. We have to make a decision as a church, as individuals, in 2021 to just stop sitting, stop sitting and go out if we expect anything to be different than 2020. <laughs> now, there are two senses that should characterize every believer. There's common sense. And there's uncommon sense. Now, you have, to, you have to have both in order to live the effective Christian life. Common sense and uncommon sense. Now, some of us unlikely exhibit uncommon sense. Now, uncommon sense, I'm, when I say uncommon sense, I'm referring to faith. Really. If you're not careful, you're going to be so otherworldly that you're no longer going to connect with reality. There really is a perversion of faith that keeps us from being involved with the world if you're not careful. Your faith will hinder you from being 
involved with the world. A person confuses faith at times, their faith, with just wishful thinking. Then you have people who use common sense, not much spiritual logic. We explain anything away just with human terms. Here's the point. God expects us to use both our uncommon sense, faith. Hebrews 11.6 says this, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So God expects us to use this uncommon sense, this faith, but to have victory over the Syrians, the leper said, first, if you take taking notes, Common sense says it's time to be realistic. Common sense says it's time to be realistic. Now, I don't know how long these four lepers had been sitting beside that gate. I don't know how long these four lepers had been locked down. Several months. They were listening to the siege of the city on the outside, and they were listening to the cries of death on the inside. But all of a sudden... Common sense kicked in. Why we sat in here till we die? Why we're just coming here and meeting one time a week and sitting around and worship? There's nothing wrong with worship, and surely there's nothing wrong in coming here. What else are we doing? I think all we we've been doing since last March is sitting around. What do people do when they realize that hope is almost gone? Out of their desperation, they just simply used common sense and said, hey, we can't continue this. We can't continue this. Listen, church, we can't continue the way that we're going if we're going to be faithful to the Great Commission. We can't continue the way we're going if we're going to grow in the knowledge and the wisdom of the Lord Jesus. We have to get moving. We can't just sit around. Proverbs 29, verse 18. In the King James, you're familiar with it. It says this. I'm sorry, Chris, I forgot to give it to you. Proverbs 29, 18. Jot the scripture down. Where there is no vision, the people do what? Perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, someone said this, and I, I have no idea who said it. But along the line of vision, if you don't see it before you if you don't see it before you see it, you'll never see it. Wow. Talking about vision. If you don't see it. Before you see it, you'll never see it. I thought of our building program. We had to have vision right at the tornado. We had to get our minds and our hearts in sync with the Lord. If you don't see it, before you see it, you'll never see it. The New King James translates Philippians 29, 18 this way. Where there is no vision, where there's no dream, 
The people perish, King James. The, the New King James. Where there is no dream, people cast off restraints. People perish. Where there is no dream, people cast off restraints. Meaning, where there is no dream, people just give up. And a lot of churches have given up. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds have shut their doors. They've given up. So what do people do when they realize hope is almost gone? Out of desperation, they use common sense to do something. And the point is, are you sitting by your gate, not really outside, not really inside, and common sense says it's time for you to do something about your situation and about your options? So first, why are we sitting here to die? Number two, if you're taking notes, common sense first says it's time to, it's time to be realistic. But second, common sense says it's time to, to be risky. These four lepers, they didn't have nothing to lose. You know what they did? They took a risk, verse 4. They took a risk. Hey, they had nothing to lose. They said, if we, if we go inside the city, we're going to die. If we sit here, we're going to die. If we go outside the city, more than likely we're going to be captured and we're going to die. We don't have nothing to lose. And so they were willing to take a risk. And the result was their reward was greater than they had even imagined. They got up willing to take a risk, got to moving, and all of a sudden they pulled back a tent flap, and there was dinner. And they went to another tent, and there was dinner, and another tent, and there's horses, and there's donkeys. And oh my goodness, because they were willing to take a risk and get up and move, God blessed them in such a, an enormous way. And the point is this, God wants his people to be risk-taking people. Don't be one of those who justify themselves when others can do something and at the same time they excuse themselves when they can't. Instead, remember, remember the young girl who risked believing what the angels said when they told her she was going to be the mother of the Messiah and she was willing to to take a risk, having been told that? Her husband the same? Remember the fishermen in Galilee who left their nets and followed Jesus and they risked their reputation and they risked their livelihoods and their families and they did all of that. They took the risk just to follow Jesus. Remember Jesus when he risked the cross? Because he believed with all of his heart that the Father would raise him from the dead. <laughs> so he went to the cross. God wants his people to be risk takers, not just setters. Common sense can tell us first, not just it's a time to be realistic, but it's also a time to take a risk. I'm thinking of someone now who came to me months ago, a senior adult, 
And they said, Brother Sammy, I'm going to be at church Sunday. My doctor told me I didn't need to be at church. But I'm tired sitting at home. And I'm coming to church, and if I get the virus, I get the virus. But I'm coming to church. It's a risk taker. Take unnecessary precautions. Social distancing, wearing a mask, washing hands, but taking a risk to come and worship. <clears throat> Third, if you're taking notes, and finally, common sense says it's time to be right. They left the gate, they made their way through the darkness, found the Syrian camp, and then they found all the stash that was left behind. Verse 9 says, And they said one to another, We're not doing right. This day is a day of good news, and we remain silent. If we wait until morning, uh, morning light, some punishment will come upon us. They, they were God-fearing, I believe. Now, therefore, come and let us go and, they tell, and tell the king's household. So back within the city walls, the people of Samaria, they were afraid. And they were fearful. They were fearful. Get this. They were fearful of a non-existent army. Syrians were not even there. They were afraid of something that really wasn't there. Paralyzed with fear, paralyzed with ignorance, paralyzed with despair, totally unaware that deliverance was already theirs. Here's the point. Common sense won the day because, it, because it's never wrong to do right. My dad shared that with me years and years ago. And I'd ask him different things in regards to ministering about things I needed to do. And he'd always, this is what he'd say. He'd say, son, remember, <clears throat> you'll never go wrong doing right. And those people I struggled with that I'd went to and begged to come back to church and I was going to have to go back again. And oh, I dreaded that. Oh, you don't know how I dread that. I, you don't know how I dread to go and beg Christians to come to church. I dread it. But Dad said this, you'll never go wrong doing right. So here I go. And I, I go. I go, don't I, Terry? <laughs> I went to your house, didn't I? Terry and Martha just got married. And they, you mind me telling this? They won't mention it. They just got married. And like I did when I just got married, I was out of church for a while. And so one night, discipleship training, I was praying for Terry and Martha, and I'm thinking, I'm going to go see them. So it was during discipleship training, and I went, knocked on the door, and Terry opened the door. He said, hey, Brother Sammy, like what he was saying, you're supposed to be at church. What I'm saying is, you're supposed to be at church. It's right for me, not right for you. Come on, man. <laughs> so I had a good visit. And I left, and I went the long way around. You know, I didn't turn around and drive. I just, I just went the long way around. And I got back at church. They beat me back at church. How did I get off on that? I'm sorry. But common sense says to do right is never wrong. You'll never go wrong by going to church. 
You won't. You'll be blessed. I'm saying take precautions, do what you need to, you know, do the same thing you do when you go to Walmart. Do the same thing you do when you go to the pig. Do the same thing you do when you go get your hair fixed or get a haircut. Whatever you do then, do it and come to church. You'll be all right. The setters became the getters, and then they became the goers. And the goers returned home with good news that Samaria had been liberated from the seniors. So this morning, as a faith family, common sense says it's time to be realistic about our situation and about our options. Common sense says it's time to Take a risk, like the person I'm sharing with you about. I like you, like you, preaching to the choir, I know, but like you. And common sense says it's time to do what is right. I've just come to realize, Cal and I were talking about it yesterday, that people go where they finish it, want to go. I feel the past year, most of what we've been doing just setting, just setting. Come to church and sit. Stay at home and sit. As one person said this past week, we've become just absorbed with content information. If I don't like this preacher, I'll switch to this channel out here, this preacher not here, this preacher... And no in-depth study or really listening going on, to be quite honest with you. Come to church, we sit, we sit here, we sit at home. Let me, let me, listen to this. Jesus never sat down at the right hand of God until his work was finished here on earth. And we shouldn't either. We should echo the, the words of Jesus when he was just a small child. And his parents found him listening to the scribes in the temple. And they were worried about him. And they went back. They lost him. And they went back to find him. And they found him listening to the scribes and the teachers in the temple. And you know what he said? I must be about my father's business. We should echo the words of Jesus on Sunday morning. Hey, I need to be about my father's business. I must be about my father's business. It's time to be realistic. I can't sit around. It's time to take a risk. I do it everywhere else. And it's time to do the right thing. Why sit here until we die? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Help us to take your word this morning and apply it to our lives not just to our minds, but to our lives. Help us to be doers of your word and not just simple hearers. Thank you for the help that we have to be here. Thank you, Lord, for those who are here and took the necessary precautions, Lord, in the world in which we live right now. But we know that, we know, Lord, the vaccine's here. We know people are taking the vaccine. And we know that we've got to make this, we've got to make a shift. In doing what we did in 2020, continue to do that. 
are to move forward as we take into consideration evangelism, take into consideration Bible study and, and worship and ministry. Help us, Lord, we pray. Help our theme this year to be moving forward in 2021. We're tired of sitting around. Give us wisdom, give us direction, and we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.